0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to a very special 25th episode of The Running Anthropologist, kicking off our marathon series special with my very special co-host. Here we go.
1: our 25th episode and we are here today. Um, This is Megan Lane Holbert. I'm
0: Mark Lane Holbert.
1: And it is October, which we are calling Marathon Month. Hey Mark, what are you going to cover this month?
0: Well, we thought that since it was marathon, beginning of marathon season, and we have so many friends and acquaintances and people that we look up to doing awesome things at marathons, we would pick out a couple of the most special that have been recommended to us. And cover them. And those two are
1: Chicago and MCM, which is
0: Marine Corps Marathon.
1: Right. So, why are we going to talk about the Chicago Marathon and Marine Corps Marathon this month, Mark?
0: That's a good question. So, Chicago has a special place in my heart because it was among my first marathons and the only marathon actually that I've run twice because it was so great. It's not too far from my hometown in Michigan. And I love the spirit of the city. I also lived there for some time. And I'm not a streaker. Or actually, should I say, I don't do streaks. <laughs> but I'm also not a streaker. Um, in marathons, very often, I love to see different ones and just travel around and, and do as many as I can that are new uh, to experience a new place. So that's the only one. It says, that's saying something, I guess. It's yeah. the only one I've done twice.
1: Oh, great. Great, great, great. When was that, that you did those races, Mark?
0: Um, First one was among my, I think, sophomore year of college. It was early on in college, and then second one was early in my career. Um, A few years later, coming back when I I lived in Chicago in the Rogers Park neighborhood, and I just wanted to to be a part of it, to to contribute, and I also volunteered with the marathon uh, some other years that I didn't run.
1: Great, great, great. And you also mentioned um, the MCM, so let's talk about that for a bit.
0: Yeah, so I've, I've never been to the Marine Corps Marathon, but as you know, it's uh, important to us because it it's kind of symbolizes and supports uh, some of the best parts of what it means to be an American and to to strive for, for higher things, to contribute to something bigger. And there's a lot of great fundraising to support um, troops that have returned home and family members of, of troops that have served abroad. just it's just a really great atmosphere and um, that one will actually be there live this year Um, thanks to my beautiful wife once again Uh, i get to be there and present and at the finish line and at the expo and meeting a lot of great people
1: yeah you used to live there for a little while yourself and i was there um, as a spectator several years ago so that is a really great race just to be present at and enjoy the environment and uh, the excitement that goes along with it.
0: Yeah, I think Chicago and being in D.C. are two of the, kind of the Chicago, the the Midwest, the blue collar, the very unique, windy city, and uh, of course, D.C., our nation's capital. And we hope in the future to do a race series abroad, but these are close to home and these are really meaningful to us. So that's part of the reason. Awesome.
1: Well, thank you again, Mark. Best wishes.
0: Thank you. How about, um, how about we flip the tables and you ask me a few questions, whatever you want, um, You know, just to kick off the series. We're, the rest of this episode, by the way, will be sh- dedicated to the Chicago Marathon and a really great first-time marathoner describing her experience and then what she's done since then to, uh, to run a charity team uh, for DC. For a really neat, uh, really neat charity that I think a lot of people will be inspired by and it'll be neat to hear how it works and what it's like.
1: Yeah, so Mark, um, can you recall back to why did you just choose to run the Chicago Marathon and what was it like?
0: Yeah, so Lake Michigan, my wife and I are both from the Midwest and Lake Michigan is one of the largest lakes in the world. It, it's almost like an ocean if you've never been there, like a freshwater ocean. And it's just beautiful running alongside of it and i think part of that you know part of the mystique of the chicago marathon is running along the lakeshore along with of course all the amazing people that come out and support us um it represents the best of chicago i think and the camaraderie the crowds the support um you know kind of is a magnet for the midwest and brings people from all over the world so, that, you know, the beautiful neighborhoods, the, the wonderful people, and also, you know, what it means to, uh, to people in that area to host.
1: Awesome. I think you also ran it the second time just after 9 11 and the same time that, same year that you ran the New York Marathon.
0: That's right. Yeah. That, that was a special marathon season for me, for sure. I, um, I was able to get in with um, a fundraising group in New York. And I just kind of added that on, but definitely the experience of, of all those people and being able to do some fundraising for, um, for first responders was a big part of that year for me. And it felt very, um, yeah, it felt right. It felt really cool to be a part of it. And I know they still do that today. So um, it's, it's also one of those marathons where, I don't know if you've been to a place where you can just show up and you can run a part of it any day of the year and just take in what it's like. Well, that that's kind of what Chicago's like. Obviously, you don't have the crowds um, and you don't get that total feeling, but you can show up and just, just run part of the course and right around the lake shore and it's really neat to do that.
1: So. Awesome. Well, thank you again. No problem. So,
0: what's next? This is episode 25 and we're excited to do this marathon series. Chicago and MCM, we have a couple more marathons that we're going to highlight, and my wife has pointed out to me that, in fact, marathon season hits Florida a little bit later. What are some of the events that we're looking forward to in Florida?
1: That's right. Thanksgiving weekend, um, the Sunday after Thanksgiving, is the... Space Coast Marathon. It is Florida's oldest marathon, which is very exciting. Um, I've been there a few times myself. Mark was a volunteer um, several times as well. And of course, there are all of the Disney races. Um, Half marathons are starting there this uh, November with the Wine and Dine Half Marathon leading up to the Walt Disney World Marathon in January, and we have the Princess Half Marathon and the Star Wars races as well coming up in April so it's it's a little bit different uh, time frame than than the rest of the u s um, but we are very blessed to have great weather here in the winter time in Florida
0: yeah I've recently looked at a map and it seems like any day there's a any weekend there's now a marathon somewhere in the u s you can find um, but for Florida, it's definitely the best time to run <laughs> between, you know, end of November through January, February is uh, is perfect here. And if you really want to run through parking lots and roads and feel that magic at Disney, that's, that's the place to be. And if you want to pay a very good fee for all those wonderful, chunky, heavy metals... So a lot of heavy metal around there. Anyway, so, uh, Marine, no, but seriously, the uh, the Space Coast Marathon is super cool. You get to meet real astronauts, and uh, it's right near Space Coast, so you can visit the, the, uh, the NASA uh, Space Center, the Kennedy Space Center. And, yeah, yeah, we'll be covering a couple of those and people going there. And uh, we're really looking forward to seeing how much we can get from people that are running in the next few weeks. We have MCMers who... We're former Marines, former troops, family members, um, and all sorts, people running for charities. And we look forward to sharing that with you. And thank you again for being my co-producer in everything, Megan Lane. And for this episode, we're going to hone in on someone running a team for a, a charity at the Chicago Marathon and what it was like to be her first marathon and encouraging others in their first marathons. and basically what it means to her. This episode is cool because it connects back to two of our previous themes, running for a cause and social justice and fundraising. So look forward to it. Here it goes. And welcome to the show, Rhonda. Um, Rhonda is actually the Chicago Marathon uh, of Team Palestine co-captain, and we're very grateful to have you on the program. Uh, Rhonda, my first question is, could you tell us your full name and where that Origin comes from.
2: Absolutely. Hello. Thank you for having me. My name is Rhonda Mahmoud uh I am married, and so that's where the Yulankowicz comes in. Uh, my origin is 100% Palestinian. Both my parents are actually from the same village. So that's where the Mahmoud comes in, or Mahmoud. And Yulankowicz is my husband's last name, which I took on after we got married. And he is Polish. So we are the Polish Sinians. <laughs>
0: Excellent, cool, and I I know that I'm sure that your, um, you know your growing up and where you're from plays a big part in how you found the team and and why you feel so strongly about it. Um, could you tell us a, a little bit more about that when you got started and why why you're a runner?
2: Yeah, so actually I grew up here in Chicago, and we have a large. Palestinian base. We have one of the largest Palestinian populations in the United States, so we're constantly surrounded by our culture. Um, I actually had gone to a, um, I had gone to a dinner where they were celebrating the team's accomplishments. I actually brought one of the talent that they had hired, and I went to support my talent there. And so I, I kind of got immersed in the whole end-of-year celebration for Team Palestine. And at the time, that was year 2011. Um, I, I saw some inspirational video on the team, and I uh, saw what they did and why PCRF existed, which is the Palestine Children's Relief Fund. And that's how I got involved after that. So I decided that day that I was going to run a marathon, and I decided that um, because they, they send these doctors based off money that we, the runners fundraise, and it's all free medical care for these kids. And, you know, kids, no matter what uh, sickness or uh, result of war, there are always innocent bystanders of it. And so if there's a way to get these kids help, because to me I felt that they were being ignored by the rest of the world, that was amazing to me. So as I was sucking down a half a pack of cigarettes at that night, I was thinking, <laughs> I'm going to run a marathon. So <laughs> that night actually changed my life. Um, it was a good day.
0: Wow, what a great what a great story. I, I don't think we've had such a powerful uh, beginning running story so far, and, and for all good reasons, too. Um, so I, I'd, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think starting in 2009, there were like, 12 runners fundraising for the Palestine Children's Relief Fund, and then through you all's efforts over the course of the last 10 years, there's now something like 6,000 runners, and a lot of those at the Chicago Marathon?
2: Yeah, so in 2009, the team was actually started by a gentleman named Rush Darwish, and he decided that he wanted to... Create awareness for this charity because he found the charity through attending an event or um, just, you know, learning about it itself. And he's, of course, not a doctor. So he thought, okay, I want to help out. Let's raise money and fundraise. And he called up his, you know, his 11 best 12 uh, friends and guys, girls. It's just a mix of both men and women, which is amazing. And uh, they started running. So to this day, it's grown uh, every year, we've had at least 50 to 60 runners for the Chicago Marathon itself. Uh, throughout the 10 years that this team has been going, we've had 6,000 runners. Whether it was 5Ks that they've done and raised money for, all the way to ultra marathons and Ironmans. So we've we've learned, um, or we haven't learned, we've had uh, a, a large spectrum of distances. And the whole purpose is to not run and finish. I mean, that's just part of it. But the whole purpose is to fundraise, and so as long as you fundraise, you know everyone's welcome. And so, through the past ten years, we've seen about six thousand runners come and go, which is fantastic. And it's not just in Chicago; it's out throughout the world. Hmm. So it's it's amazing how much it's grown. Wow,
0: that's that's really amazing. And so I I sort of know some of the answer to this question, but. As you're preparing for and entering into the training together, um, what is your role? What what do you do, uh, you know, to help those people uh, get organized? And what is the atmosphere like? You know, why why the Chicago Marathon, and why why do you do what you do there?
2: Okay, um, well, the Chicago Marathon simply because it's convenient. For the most part, the team started in Chicago. Uh, the majority of the team is in Chicago. Uh, the team leadership is in Chicago just because, you know, again, it started here and it just progressed and it's easy to have one major race, uh, when we focus on it, mind you, we're all volunteers. And so we have to really be careful in terms of what we pick up and what we can handle as work because, um, handling a marathon is a lot of work. Um, But we, um, the way we organize ourselves is pretty much the link to register for the Chicago Marathon, for example, is open worldwide. So we we do keep in mind that not everyone in Chicago, or I'm sorry, not every runner for the Chicago Marathon is going to be from Chicago. So we have ways that we communicate with people, whether it's email or mobile. Uh, Throughout the years, you know, technology has worked in our favor, so you, you can go from, um, you know, phone calls with people to email to now instant messaging, whether it's through WhatsApp or Messenger or whatever else exists out there. So we, we have constant communication with our team. And a lot of people we've learned throughout the year can't, you know, stick with the running program that you may provide to them. Just give them options and say okay here's this running program or that running program and here's what suits you and here's what fits you and um we kind of let them go on whatever program they feel best comfortable with and we just constantly provide tips because our team um you know now it's 10 years and we've one of the things that we do is we provide tips every few days you know right now it's summertime uh in the northern hemisphere and um it's it's really hot and humid, depending on where you are, and we've noticed that people may have questions that may have not run a marathon before. So mm. we're able to actually answer those questions right away, and it's not just me or my co-captain of the marathon team, riot You've seen it. It's other people that have been running and that have learned to um, adjust because their body adjusts a certain way. So it's a nice way to get people to ask for tips, and it's a nice way uh, to get people to talk to each other and get to know each other, even though they might be 5,000 miles apart. Sure. And that would be through the instant messaging app that we use.
0: And that really makes it feel more like a team. I, I like that. Um, did did you, you mentioned you have runners from all over. I, I think uh, what are the countries this year that are going to be represented?
2: Yeah, this year, of course, the United States, uh, Canada, we have um, Germany, we have Palestine, I think Jordan, and I think that's it this year. Uh, In the past, we've had people from France, we've had people from Cape Town, South Africa, we've had people come in from Portugal, Chile, uh, Mexico, and um, I believe Spain as well, which is amazing.
0: Okay, and you have a pretty lofty goal, 60 to 75 runners, $250,000. That's a lot for, for the team to do. What, how do you go about doing that?
2: So the Bank of America Chicago Marathon has instilled a sort of uh, minimum for fundraising every year, and they seem to raise that along with their prices. <laughs> So uh, they they tell us they tell us okay your your team has to fundraise at least this year uh, seventeen hundred dollars and we've always put on a minimum no matter what and it used to be five hundred dollars because not a lot of people knew who we were and not a lot of people knew um, that we were not sure how many people would donate right and so as the team grew and as the awareness grew the uh, willingness to donate grew as well which was great. Um, so they they still they tell us this is a minimum that our runners have to raise, but we it's our job so it's me and Ryan's job to monitor that and manage that. So um, there is agreements just like any other marathon when you run for a charity you have to sign some sort of agreement saying okay I promise to fundraise that and we have a system that's um, housed by the PCRF so we work closely with them um, and they use a certain charity uh, software system that allows us to track their donations so you know periodically i'll go in and we'll check and if we see somebody that hasn't raised money yet and you know it's june already we're gonna send them an email i'm actually gonna go in this week and kind of do a check on all my runners and see how they're doing and ask them okay you know hey where are you feeling like you need help to fundraise what is it that you need to do what resources do you need do you need information about the charity and if they do then we provide that for them. There's a lot of ways for them to access that, but sometimes they just need more facts that they just don't know anything about. Um, and some people, they don't need any help at all. They've hit their minimum, and they raise a lot more than their minimum. They can raise anywhere from you know, five to $10,000 in a matter of a month, and it's easy. So yeah. we let them do their thing, <laughs> which is helpful.
0: Yeah, and I, I assume that you know if you believe in the cause and you're really excited about fundraising, then it makes your job easy as a captain
2: yeah yeah and and for the most part all of our runners if they're not very passionate about running they're very passionate about fundraising so we we get two types of runners uh, the runner that actually likes to run and then the runner that hates to run but loves the charity sure. and it's safe to say i am the runner that hates to run <laughs> but loves the charity <laughs>
0: That's really important too. Obviously you liked it so much that now you're giving a lot of your time and helping others to do it. So that's that's pretty inspiring for others. Um
2: yeah, it's it's definitely
0: a part of our lives. That's awesome. I I look forward to learning more about it as as I visit Chicago and um over the past few weeks I've learned a lot about kind of how, you know, faith and social justice are tied in, you know, intricately woven into um into this running movement. And I'd be interested to hear your perspective kind of if you have any personal stories or stories from others that um, you know, that could shed light on that or that you think are particularly telling about the uh, you know, the work that y'all do.
2: Yeah. Um well, faith is uh, in our in our case, our faith doesn't really a role in why we do this, it's more of the, um, the PCRF, the Palestine Children's Relief Fund, is a nonprofit. it's a 501c3, so we kind of go in line with them. There's no politics, there's no religion, we don't care who you are or what you are. Uh, The beauty of our team is we have all sorts of faiths. We have anywhere from devout Muslims, devout Christians, devout Jewish people, to atheists agnostic and in between, those that aren't very devout, but they identify as some sort of religion, right? And, Mm -hmm. you know, it's it's beautiful because nobody cares what you are. As long as you um, believe in the cause in terms of helping children and helping those children receive medical aid, that's what makes it fantastic.
0: Can you tell us a, a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah. So one of the things that I think it causes a great confusion with the Israeli-Palestinian conflict is that it's Muslim versus Jewish, and it's not. Um, it is. It, it, it's totally a political thing in terms of the Israeli government and the oppression of the Palestinian people. So when when we run, we don't think of okay, it's it's a Muslim cause or it's cause or Jewish cause. Our team consists of uh, Palestinians, Americans, and uh, people of all different ethnic backgrounds, along with people of different faiths. So we have Muslims, Christians, we have Jewish people, agnostic, atheists, um, and and we all run because we believe in um, providing care for these kids, because in the end it's these kids' lives that matter. And I, I think that's very important because, it's very important for people to know because the confusion, especially in the United States, is that this is a Muslim versus Jewish conflict, and it's not. So, it's great to have a diverse team of people run for the cause, because in the end, it matters about the kids, and it doesn't matter about anybody else's, um, you know, religious beliefs in the, in the end. Yeah, it's just not available. And so, um, you know, when when... there's the two regions. You've got, you know, what's known as West Bank and then you have Israel. And in Israel, things are abundant. Medical care is abundant. It's not, um, it's not scarce at all. Uh, Unfortunately, in the West Bank, it is scarce. And for a Palestinian child to get care outside of the West Bank, uh, it's very expensive. They may not be able to go out there because they just don't have the right ID. For example, um, the two, uh, the two areas have different IDs and certain people can go in certain areas. So for a child, it, you know, if they're suffering from cancer um, and they were born and raised, uh, reside in the West Bank, they can't really leave the West Bank to get medical care in Israel because it's just very expensive for them. Hmm. Uh, in Gaza, to leave is absolutely non-existent. You cannot leave. The only people that can come in and out are journalists and health uh, care people. So it's, um, because of the lack of resources available to those that live in Palestine it's very important for us to get it to them so the doctors that do go out there they, they bring whatever equipment is needed and they they are uh, they bring the expertise they bring the donated uh, equipment to them, uh, whatever medicine is available that we can bring they bring because it's just not there so it's really mm. important because of these uh, these rules that are pretty much instilled that they get the care. It's it's also kind of like a um, like a forgotten people almost. Hmm. So because of so many different com- uh, countries that are involved in the decisions that go into some of the regulations for the Palestinians, they it, there's an obligation as a like a, as a as a Palestinian or somebody that sympathizes with the Palestinian cause, to help them out because it's just this general notion that they're not getting the help anywhere else. Mm. So that's why it's really important. I mean, it, children in the end are the ones that are suffering, and so um, if if there's a if there's a bombing that happens in an area, um, this is a, this might be something that one adult did, um, but a child is one that suffers. You know, that child did nothing. So how are they going to get treated? If there aren't any doctors available because they've all fled or they've all been killed or just, just there's no education for them to receive a medical degree, um, then the way to provide that is getting these outside sources, which the PCR provides.
0: All right. Well, that's that's a great explanation. I feel like that's pretty pretty comprehensive. Thank you. Um and for you personally, I know, you know, you've been doing this now for quite a long time. Uh, what What is uh, your greatest, uh, you know, some of your greatest accomplishment or something that you take pride in?
2: Um, well, just completing the marathon. Okay, <laughs>
0: all right, that's a big thing. It's
2: just uh, one of yeah. the biggest things because I never thought I would. Um, I've raised, um, my goal this year is to... Raise, I think a total of. No problem. Oh, it'll hit me. Thousand. It'll get me at thirty thousand. So if I raise eighty five hundred dollars this year, um, I will raise thirty thousand since I've started with the team. So the money that I've raised is um, pretty much my biggest accomplishment. I think it's uh, personally yeah. uh, one of my accomplishments as a team is just the 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 success that we've had. We're going to raise, I think, uh, together about a million dollars. Uh, we should have hit that, I think, this year. Um, and our goal is to con- continuously grow that amount. So this year we have to hit a quarter million dollars just as a personal team goal. Um, and we'll definitely surpass that million dollar goal as a team that started all together. So we started from, you know, raising just a couple thousand dollars in one year as a team to raising a quarter of a million, which is amazing.
0: That's awesome, well that Rhonda, thanks for doing that that's uh not only um benefit to yourself as you said, and that you're you're healthy and you're pushing forward that affects all the people around you and in running, but then you're also giving a lot to um to a great cause and and also thank you for explaining to us how that process works. you know running for a charity in a in a marathon I think a lot of people are are curious about that um one kind of logistical question: If one were to want to run for a charity for one of these big marathons, you know, whether it be New York, Chicago, Boston, how how far ahead of time do people start doing that or need to register for a team?
2: Uh, typically, the registration of the team happens when the registration for the marathon is going. So it really depends on the marathon itself. Okay. Um, you know, for the Chicago Marathon, we have our registration ended in the, uh, was it end of May, so it was May 31st. And so people were able to register. They just searched the charity through the marathon link when they want to register for that marathon. Um, we're a registered charity with the Chicago Marathon. We're not a registered charity with any other marathon except the Palestine Marathon in Ramallah. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you want to run for, let's say, the PCRF, you just sign up with the marathon itself and then, you know, do that uh, when whenever the registration is. So, for example, I think New York is right after their marathon, and I think that also in October November. I think it's November because they, they run November, the first week of November, and the Chicago is October uh, 13th this year. So the best way to go about it is if you want to run for a charity, look for the charity of, at the marathon and see if they have a registration for that charity and if they don't have a registration for that charity just register by yourself and then just fundraise for that charity because they may not have the resources or the ability or a team but they're definitely willing to have you just fundraise for them and if it's easy to get it started and if there's more interest that team eventually grows.
0: That's awesome. And I know that you mentioned you provide tools and things to help them, you know, reach those goals, too, which is really, really good.
2: Yeah, we uh, we give our runners uh, a variety of different running plans because each person has a different life and they have different um, there's different levels of runners. We have beginner runners and very advanced runners, people that have run, um, you know, three and a half, four hour marathon. We have, uh, actually, one of our guides ran uh, a 2.45 in a marathon. And then we have people like me who run six-hour marathons. <laughs> um, so it just depends on your level. So we let them know, okay, here, here's what you should do. You should at least follow a plan. And then we provide communication to them. We, um, we email them constantly. And if we don't email them, we put everybody in a WhatsApp group. And so we're constantly talking to them in real time getting them geared up for the week, giving them tips, you know, hydrate this week cause it's hot or make sure you've got dry wicking clothes, no cotton. So little basic tips to very advanced tips. Try make, making sure you, you uh, intake calories after so many miles and then take this type of calorie when you're done eating, do yoga afterwards or before, depending on when you like to stretch. Um, to making sure you
0: don't wear black in the sun, because that's just very hot. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Rhonda, I, I know that your service has been really uh, useful to a lot of people, both in terms of helping them fundraise and helping them to to make an impact for a great cause, and in terms of what you offer to first-time marathoners, being one recently yourself. So thank you, thank you for that and all the all that you do volunteering for the for the running community.
2: Well, thank you. I
0: appreciate it. <laughs> Uh, before we finish up, maybe I could ask you if you have any insider tips, things that we should do if we're in the Chicago area or if uh, we have listeners in Chicago that, um, you know, besides the marathon, that you would recommend.
2: Yeah, absolutely. We, uh, Team Palestine for PCF hosts a 5K every year. So this year it's uh, going to be on September 8th at Moraine Valley uh, Community College in Palos Hill. And that's a 5K, it's a USATF certified course. It is a timed race. And in the end, we have a DJ, we've got dancing, we've got food, one of the largest food tents, and it's all free. And all of the uh, proceeds go to the Palestine Children's Relief Fund, of course. So September 8th, you can register at www.teampalestine.com.
0: Excellent. I'll include a link on our, on our website as well. Thanks, thanks for that, Rhonda. Happy running. Happy running. And thanks to all of you for joining us today. Next week we'll have, as they run the Chicago Marathon, we're going to be having a race organizer talk to us about what it's like to put it together. He's a veteran runner who's been with it for many years and we will give you an inside look into kind of how it's put together and all the ins and outs of the overall marathon. After that, we're leading up to the Marine Corps Marathon. We're interviewing many runners from all different walks of life, people running for their companies, people running for their former Marines, people running for their spouses, and what motivates them and some of the challenges that they've been through to be able to get to the nation's capital. This will be really special. Definitely don't miss them. In our next three episodes, we're covering a special marathon month. And after that, we'll announce coming marathons in between, spread sporadically between now and February, looking at some unique marathons throughout the country. Look forward to having you along with us. Until then, happy running. a message on our facebook page or on instagram any suggestions you have we look forward to hearing from you